Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Jeffrey Hull about the art and science of leadership in a changing world. Jeffrey Hull, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. I'm excited to have a nice conversation. And you're joining us from the Netherlands today. Um, (laughs) So welcome and good evening to you. It's morning here in Utah. I'm excited to uh, chat with you today. We're going to be exploring uh, topics in your book titled Flex, the the Art and Science of Leadership in a Changing World. I think looking at uh, the changing world in and of itself is an important and timely topic, um, but the art and science of leadership, I love the way you frame that because I believe it is an art and a science. Uh, there's lots of science, in fact, around uh, leadership models and leadership approaches and characteristics and what we can do to develop ourselves, but there's a certain level of just art behind how we hone our skills and how we personalize our approach so that it's unique and genuine to ourselves and how we interact with other people. So I'm excited to explore that with you today. As we get started, I wanted to share Jeffrey's bio with everybody. Jeffrey Hull is CEO of Leadershift Inc., a leadership development consultancy based in New York City and author of the best-selling book, Flex, The Art and Science of Leadership in a Changing World from Penguin Random House in 2019. A highly sought after speaker, consultant, and executive coach with over 25 years Working with C-suite leaders worldwide, Dr. Hull is also a clinical instructor in psychology at Harvard Medical School and adjunct professor of leadership at New York University. He is the director of global development at the Institute of Coaching at Harvard Medical School. Dr. Hull has been featured in Harvard Business Review, the New York Times, Investors, Business Daily, and a wide range of media. What a pleasure to have you. You have such a tremendous background. Uh, before we launch on into the conversation, anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context? I don't think so. No, you covered a lot of the territory right there. <laughs> so okay. let's dive in. Yeah, well, great. So why don't we start uh, with you just laying out the the origins of this book, why you decided to write it, um, what your general approach to the book was, and then we can start to dig into some of the more particular aspects I think basically it was the confluence of two or three streams of activity or consciousness, I guess, that were taking place uh, three or four years ago for me. Number one, I have been an executive coach for many, many years, and I had started to notice a very big shift taking place in the kinds of people 
that I uh, have been asked to coach and the kinds of issues that I've been asked to coach them on. So there's been an evolution and I started to see it accelerating. So it was big changes going on in my own practice. Secondly, I, as you mentioned, have the opportunity to work with many, many coaches, hundreds literally at the Institute of Coaching, which is a membership organization based at Harvard and a research organization around the evidence base or the under scientific underpinnings of the coaching profession. So through that, those relationships, I was able to do surveys and focus groups with hundreds of coaches to determine whether or not what I was seeing in my practice was actually evidence of something bigger taking place. So it was that uh, second stream of activity um, the research that led me to recognize that what I was experiencing in my own practice was relevant. And then finally, it became very evident to me in the last few years that there's a lot of really good science available now to underpin high, what, what really, it really takes to lead a high-performing team or to get an organization's culture to work effectively and a lot of that science is really not out in the mainstream. I mean, it's, uh, it's like locked up in the academic journals and, you know, geeks like me and probably like yourself like to read about it. But one of my intentions in putting together the research and the anecdotes and the studies together in an accessible book about leadership was because I really believe it's time for a lot of this information to be out in the mainstream. So it was a combination of all of those factors that led me to write the book Flex. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. And I couldn't agree more. I think there tends to be a big gap between kind of the cutting edge research that's happening in the academic world at uh, places like Harvard and in the Institute where you work um, and many other wonderful um, uh, institutions that are, are producing really great work. But you know, when you, when you write a journal article, if you're lucky, you're going to get, you know, dozens, hundreds, like for the most famous articles, thousands of people reading them, but there are other academics and they're then citing it in their own work and whatever. But like the, the amount of that material that gets to the end of the row, so to speak, in terms of hitting, um, hitting organizations and leaders within those organizations in an accessible way where they can actually do something with it and, and make improvements within their teams, it, it's, it's minuscule. And so we have to do better uh, to, to really translate the great research that's being done in a very rigorous way. It's, it's written up in a particular way to go into academic journals for a reason. It has to be done rigorously. And I'm a big believer in the scientific method, but we then have to translate that into practitioner speak. Uh, something that other people can then grab hold of and actually start to implement and see how it's going to work. And that's something I've been committed to in my career as well, as I know you have. And I think, I think it's just so vital. So I commend you for, for the effort. Uh, it's not always an easy thing to, to be able to translate, um, you know, that academic research into uh, compelling language and uh, a narrative that, that, that will grab the attention of really busy executives and leaders uh, so that it can actually make a difference and it have a greater impact. No, I agree. And uh, so that was one of my motivations. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> let's... So let's, let's dive in and, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about the art and science of leadership and what you find to be those key components, but let's talk a little bit about 
the last part of that, a changing world. We live okay. in a changing world. Um, I mean, you, your book came out pre-COVID, but right. and cert certainly we were quickly changing before the pandemic. Uh, lots of shifts in the nature of work and technological disruptions, all sorts of things were already taking place. And then a lot of that's just been accelerated and even more disrupted uh, over this past 18 months due to the pandemic. But right. tell us a little bit more about what you had in mind uh, when you thought about focusing on leadership in a changing world. Well, you're absolutely right on. Everything that I was writing about just before the pandemic was uh, absolutely applicable, but accelerated during the pandemic and coming out of it now. I'm not sure it's safe to say that it's over, but um, as we move into the next phase of what's turned into a marathon, I think the changes that are taking place in the workplace have have all been, um, ex have just increased in comparison with what with the time that I was writing about. Um, but the same themes are very much alive, such as um, working in a virtual space. You know, how do you create a safe psychological environment? How do you get creativity and engagement out of people in a virtual world? How to um, lead in a multinational or multicultural dynamic that's often and now um, virtual. And probably one of the things that I was noticing the most, well, actually two key things that I was noticing the most when I started writing the book was that the demographics of the millennials becoming leaders is much more varied. Um, you know, there was a time 10 years ago when the, the likelihood of me having anything but a white male, um, what I would call an extroverted, charismatic, authoritative leader to coach, who was probably quite successful and needed to develop greater emotional bandwidth or better communication skills or great pr greater presentation. All of those things are still relevant. But the likelihood that my client these days in the last couple of years, the last few years fits that profile is much diminished. It's much more varied. So the rise of millennials, the rise of a multicultural, multi-gendered environment where leaders come from much more varied backgrounds is becoming common. Um, in fact, I think becoming the norm. And then you add on top of that, the fact that everything is intercorrect, inter, uh, inter um, what's the right word? It is intertwined technologically. <laughs> Um, and flattened because the hierarchies are becoming flatter and people are more networked and everyone has 24 hour a day access to information. And what you end up with then is a much more, um, on the one hand, a more dem democratically um, conducive environment to uh, brainstorming, to networking, to getting the best out of a team dynamic. But you also have issues with control and accountability and multidimensional communication because people are using all sorts of different communication modes these days, obviously in hybrid work and virtual work. And then there's just basic issues with texting and email and you know, communication media. So you know, everything that was happening pre-pandemic is still there and it's now just accelerating. And making for leadership to be, um, I think, even more challenging than perhaps ever before, 
but more important than ever before. People are looking for <laughs> guidance. They're looking for support. They're looking for cohesion. They're looking for ways to make team dynamics effective. And the good news is there is, as you said at the outset, a lot of really good research that's available. And uh, so I think that's what our job as coaches, especially, or change management consultants, or anyone that's in the supporting profession, our job is to make that accessible and user-friendly for leaders that are, that are obviously challenged by today's environment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can just say a big amen to all of that. I, I think there are just so many competencies um, that are essential in the future of work and navigating the, the increased complexities of this interconnected world and, uh, and this changing world around us. Uh, the, the distributed workforce, the multinational um, teams and virtual teams, uh, the right. ability for leaders to effectively and transparently communicate uh, content, but also communicate an empathy and, and uh, the ability to connect in meaningful, genuine ways with people right. across oceans, across you know, the screen. Uh, that's, a, that's a challenging, really challenging thing. And so um, I, I imagine these are the types of things that you explore uh, more in your book. So let's dive right on in. Um, why don't you walk us through some of the key principles and components um, that you focus on in your book as you're exploring both the science, but also the art component, this, this creative space in which we're, we're, we're honing our leadership capacities and capabilities um, in a way that's authentic to us. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Sure, no, I completely agree. And what I tried to do is basically um, as I said, through the research of in looking at my own practice, but then also getting feedback and input from hundreds of other coaches to create a framework that takes the sort of holistic view of what it takes to be an effective leader and break it into chunks so that it's accessible, but focuses on the areas that are most important. 
and that there's three key domains that will make perfect sense, I think, to most people. Intellectual domain or a cerebral domain where we're asking our leaders to be rational in their decision-making and in their thought process. Second domain is the emotional domain where obviously the feelings and the um, sense of safety and connectedness is really cr crucial to success. And then finally, the somatic, which is relatively new for a lot of leaders, but it's really crucial, which is what I call the energy or the physicality area. Um, and it's an irony in today's virtual world where people are doing so much work uh, virtually and using Zoom and other um, you know, video conferencing capabilities where when act in actuality, the physicality connective tissues of communication are more important than ever. It's an irony, it's an irony that you're not actually maybe in the same physical space, but the energetic aspect of your leadership is more important than ever. So there's the cerebral, the emotional, and the somatic. And I focus on all three of those and then divide it further into areas that are key to leadership effectiveness, like decision-making, flexibility. And again, my whole book is really about developing agility, you know, in all of the different domains. So decision-making, communications, emotional agility, authenticity, which as you mentioned before, is about being transparent and being connected and creating a sense of humility and safety. Um, collaborative energies, which starts to combine all three, you know, cerebral, emotional, and physical presence, whether it's physical, literally physical or in a virtual space. And then finally, engagement, which is really about the way a leader creates an environment to get the best creativity and engagement out of a group of people. So we have really kind of a spectrum from individual decisions all the way to group creativity and innovation and everything in between. Yeah, and, and that's what leadership's all about, right? Is right. Uh, not, not only are we trying to hone our own you know, abilities, I think the old school model of leadership, the command control approach, uh, the charismatic approach, it was, it was a leader, being a leader is being strong and confident and right. kind of asserting yourself onto those to report to you to get them to do what you want. And that is changing, right? We're in a knowledge economy where we, where someone in a managerial or leadership or executive role, they can't possibly have all the expertise necessary to accomplish what needs to happen within their team. So they have to lean on the expertise of their people. Uh, they can't in any way micromanage them. And the command control model just simply doesn't work. You have to empower people. You have to, to give away power. You have to trust them, hold them accountable, of course. Um, but this is a very different kind of an approach necessitated by a shifting economy, shifting nature of work. And ultimately, you know, that, I think that's why we see some of the kind of quote unquote old school uh, leaders struggling in this, in this hyper- intensive kind of rapidly shifting um, world that we're in. And to your point, you, you just mentioned it a minute ago, uh, the book is largely all about agility, leadership agility. That's, right. that's the name of the game. Like we have to be able, be flexible. We have to be agile. And if we can't do that and pivot quickly and learn uh, continually as we go, we're going to be in real trouble because we don't know. I mean, we, we can kind of project into the future and, and make some guesses about what things are going to look like in five or 10 years. But the, the pace of change is so rapid that we, we don't know what we don't know. And we're like, very likely, we are going to have uh, tectonic shifts uh, in 
in the world that are going to dramatically uh, change uh, the way we approach things in business and in leadership, even more than we've seen over this past 18 months. No, I agree. And, you know, if I'm, if I, it, it all depends on whether you want to see things through the dark lens or the bright lens. So we'll stick with the positive because you never, as you said, we don't really know what's ultimately going to be happening. Um, but in the silver lining domain of what has been a very painful period with the pandemic and, and, and everything, I mean, what I have found is that many leaders have really rec- become aware and recognized that being agile and not just being sort of a one-trick pony approach to leadership is absolutely required. So the good news is that everything that I was writing about, that move toward a flatter networked more flexible, more agile style of leadership where someone would potentially be authoritative and decisive in one setting, but then be empathetic and collaborative and and perhaps a great listener um, in another setting is actually accelerated because many leaders have come to realize that they need to have that kind of agility to get the best out of everyone in this current environment. And So it's actually been a good thing for many leaders. Those that are not particularly uh, stuck in the old ways are willing to grow and expand their repertoire, I think have an opportunity um, to lead in a way that actually encourages the creativity and the innovation of their much more varied uh, team dynamic and team environments than they've had in the past. if you think about all the situations that we're facing, you know, the crises, whether it's a virus, whether it's the climate, whether it's uh, political situations, whether it's economic, social justice issues, you know, all of these things will be solved through creativity. And in order to get creativity out of people, you have to have an environment that nurtures and supports um, that kind of agility and that kind of flexibility and resilience. So you know, the time is now. And I'm cautiously optimistic that a lot of the leaders that I've worked with as they come out of the pandemic have developed this ability to have more uh, fluidity and more resilience and more flexibility in their approaches. Yeah, and certainly at least a, a, uh, an understanding and a recognition of the increased importance of it and a willingness to grow into that, right? right. Um, which is all we can really ask of people is that you're willing to be open and to, to grow and to continue to learn. Um, yeah, I've been very impressed that, for example, a you know, old line manufacturing company here based in Europe came to me and, and asked me to do a webinar um, to, to teach some of the plant management about positive psychology and the impact of compassion, self-awareness, empathy, um, you know, some of the achievements and social cohesion and some of the things that have been studied by psychologists for years. And, they, and so to have a car manufacturing company come and say they want someone like myself as a psychologist or a coach to come and make that information accessible to their plant managers and to um, help distribute that information to a broader audience, that kind of thing I find very encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it does work everywhere. I think that's, that's a message that I think everyone needs to continue to hear because we often think what, you know, what we're talking about today, that's great for, you know, the tech companies, that's great for all the kind of 
uh, highly, you know, high flutant ivory tower types and the the uh, knowledge workers. Right. Well, it right. is, but it 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 works for everyone. It works in a factory setting. It works in manufacturing. It works in retail. It it works everywhere. These are common principles that are going to enhance the experience of workers, their engagement, their satisfaction, their productivity their innovation and creativity. Uh, it's, it's going to enhance people's ability to, to be more effective, more productive um, right. across organizations, across industries. And so it's, it's a message we have to continue to share. Well, Jeffrey, it has just been a real pleasure talking with you. I, I noticed the time I see that we're, we're drawing close to the end. I wanted to make sure that I gave you a chance before we close to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, where to find your book, uh, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Uh, my book is very accessible on Amazon. Just look on Flex, but put but since there's a lot of products named Flex, you might want, want to put uh, my name, H-U-L-L, next to it to find it. But you can also go to my website, jeffreyhull.com. Um, as far as a final word, I think that uh, I am cautiously optimistic that leaders and organizations are developing the kind of resilience and flexibility that we will need to solve these huge problems that the planet is facing. And uh, I encourage anyone who has an aspiration to lead, to innovate, to make a difference in the world. Um, hopefully they'll be inspired by reading a book like mine, but uh, just get out, step up, make a difference. You know, you never know where the next big solution is going to come from. Yeah, wonderful. Amen. Jeffrey, it has just been a real pleasure talking with you today. I encourage listeners to reach out, to get connected, find out more about what Jeffrey can do for you. Check out his book. Check out the work he does with his various roles in different organizations. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. 
we publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.